Welcome to the Farmer's Voice. I'm Alan Watts with Kentucky Farm Bureau. Our guest today on the Farmer's Voice, Ted Johnson. Ted, tell us about your farming operation. Southeast Kentucky and Alza County uh, primarily grow uh, a little bit of beef cattle and fruits and vegetables. Ted, tell me a little bit about the history of your farm. I don't know. It's several generations farmer. Uh, we've, um, I'm 52. I've really farmed all my life. Grew up on a farm. Um, for that whole entire, probably even major farming, 35 years, I would suspect. In the last uh, probably 20, 25 years, has mainly been focusing on fruits and vegetables, trying to diversify the farming operation a little bit from the bully tobacco and cattle operations to more of a diversified fruit and vegetable operation. You mentioned you have a diversified operation. Tell us more about what you grow on the farm. Well, mainly, you know, right now we've, uh, you know, we do not grow any of the more but tobacco. Got rid of that. And then we grow a little bit of beef cattle, but mainly the fruits and vegetables from sweet corn, tomatoes, peppers, to sweet potatoes, to watermelon, cantaloupe, sweet corn, just a wide variety of about 10 to 12 different products. You guys grow quite a bit of the fruits and vegetables? Yeah, we grow 20, 25 acres. That's a pretty big operation. How did you guys get the idea to get fruits and vegetables when tobacco began to slow down? Well, back before the tobacco went out, we sort of trans- transitioned over prior to that because just the tobacco in eastern Kentucky was not as productive per acre on the poundage per acre as most other parts in the state, and it, we just wasn't getting the returns on tobacco that we needed to get to sustain on the farm. So we started diversifying into other products like fruits and vegetables and, and just kept growing that business. So you're growing 20, 25 acres of fruits and vegetables. How do you market that? Well, that's the tricky $64 question. Um, that changes, to be honest with you, from year to year. It's, that's probably one of the largest challenges we have besides weather-related on the fruits and vegetable side because it's all fresh produced, and it's re- the market is really not sustainable. I mean, we used to, you know, we like we said, we used to grow 20, 25 acres. We're probably down to probably 15 now due to just we cannot market and sell it like we used to be able to. There's a lot of competition, that type of thing, and it's really hard to uh, sustain. I've noticed in the last four to five years, and my projection on the future of growing is probably reducing my acreage and vegetables and getting out just due to cause of marketing. We do not have a sustainable market. We've had, uh, when you're talking about fruits and vegetables, it's really, we don't have a guaranteed market. There's no price support. There's no market you can take it to like cattle or hogs or anything like that and get a, a, something back for it. It's If you can't sell it, you throw it over the hill um, and, and discard it and let it rot, whatever. But that's the challenging part on fruits and vegetables, and that's the reason I don't know how sustainable that's going to be in the future in eastern Kentucky just because of the there's no market really. It's not as good as the market as I used to be. How did 2020 and the pandemic affect you guys on the farm and on the fruits and vegetable side? Pretty rough. It, uh, a lot of the markets that we were growing for uh, did not sell as much as they did. Uh, all the out-of-state stuff's coming in, that type of thing. It really, it affected on the aspect of it. It's real timely. If you've got a year of corn that's ready to sell today, it won't last. You can't. There's no shelf life to that. We run into more of that, of the uncertainty of knowing if they could sell it or not. The markets, I'm referring to the sell it as the market that we were selling to. It was so uncertain that this week we would have we would have orders for maybe 2,000 dozen. The next week they'd order 2,000 dozen, wouldn't take over 200 dozen. And, and we would have to discard that corn. I mean, it won't last. That's the trouble that we had. There was a demand for it, but it was uh, from week to week it was changing. They didn't know what they needed. And that was what was causing us more trouble than anything because we did not have a 
on fresh fruits and vegetables, you don't have much of a shelf life. And that's what was uh, the biggest problem. What about your beef cattle operation? Tell us a little bit about that. Oh, the beef cattle operation, we have about, I guess, 60-something head, I guess, total of cows and calves and bulls, that type of thing. And that's been sort of sustained like that for the last several years. I mean, that's we're sort of in between. It's not enough cattle to make a sustainable living, but we sort of put it together with the other products that we have and diversified and sort of keep it in the operation due to... Uh, uh, trying to keep the family income up, but really it's we don't have enough land to make it a self-sustaining operation of just beef only. That's the thing in eastern Kentucky, it's, it's small herds, and it's really hard if you don't diversify or if it's just a hobby, it's a hobby. I mean, that's fine, but now to sustain and make money, you, you need several hundred head of cattle as my numbers to, to make a sustainable living with cattle, but it, we just use it to diversify our operation and make a few thousand dollars on it, hopefully, and move on. Tell us about your involvement in your community. What are some of the organizations you're involved in? Yeah, we do some Farm Bureau stuff. I'm a member of Farm Bureau, that type of thing, which is a really good organization and so forth. We're involved, you know, with extension services and, you know, all their programs and things like that. And uh, KDA, those programs uh, really help a lot of the farmers, especially in Eastern Kentucky. Tab, what are your biggest challenges on the farm? Marketing and labor and consistent supply of labor, yes. Because produce is so, that's the reason I'm probably phasing it out also, is because it's just a, the, the labor supply is rough and the market is inconsistent and it's not, it's, it's just not being sustainable. What do you do to get labor on the farm? <laughs> you beg everybody you can. Uh, you know, I wished, you know, years ago, things have changed in East Kentucky because in the tobacco, I'm going to relate on, back on tobacco. Back years ago, 20, 30 years ago, 15, 30 years ago, all the young individuals that were helping on these tobacco farms really knew what they were doing. I mean, they grew up on a farm. They grew up housing tobacco, that type of thing, cutting tobacco, working tobacco. The young people put tobacco in these barns and put the tobacco at the market. Nowadays, in the last 15, 20 years, that family farm is not there as prevalent as it used to be. That that young individual is not spending no time actually hands on the farm. So we don't have that trained high schooler or college student that knows anything about farming anymore. So that's causing me more problems than anything. We just don't have an educated or an experienced workforce out there, a pool of people to draw from. So that's been our biggest uh, problem and going to be the biggest problem in the future of any fruits and vegetable production in my area. So that's, you know, so that's the reason we're trying to face it out. That has to be a real challenge for you when you have your crops ready and you can't get them out of the field. It is. Well, you know, at times, you know, four or five farm. we need four or five at a time, and sometimes you need 15, and it's just hard to pull from. And it's becoming more of a problem than I want to deal with. So we're just sort of phasing it out, too, as years goes on. Ted, what do you enjoy most about your farm? The freedom, the, the freedom and, and producing a, a great product. You know, every farmer is about the same. They love to produce a great product. They love the farm. They love what it does. They love the decision-making that you get to make on the farm. And they love the independence, that type of thing. But people love to produce a great product. And that's one of the best things that I love about a farm is producing a great product. But I'm having so much trouble once that great product is produced, getting it to a dependable market or getting it to the cooler. What does it mean to have your family on the farm with you? Well, it means a lot. And that's another thing, too, that my family's getting older, too. They're getting off and getting out of college and getting ready to go into the workforce themselves. So they're, I don't and it's sort of my fault in a way. I sort of trained them to not come back to the family farm because I did not see it as a sustainable operation for them and their future. 
So that's the reason I've sort of, in their education experience, have tried to move them on too. And, but it meant a lot to me it, to raise my kids up on a family farm. And they, you learn a lot of work ethic. You learn a lot of things, uh, skills that you don't ordinarily learn. But that's the biggest thing that we're going to miss out on in the future is just the skills acquired from raising up on a farm that I don't think that the kids are going to be having in the future. You know you never meet bad people in farming, do you? No, you don't. I mean, you, you meet some of the greatest people in the world that has raised up on the farm. It's a different class of people. They really respect other people. they they got a work ethic. I mean, it's just something that the society now may be losing a little bit that they don't have that they had 15, 20, 30 years ago. But that's one thing I really loved about the family farm, and I wish we could find a way to assist families to start producing and making it more economical on the farm to be more sustainable. I think it only will not help the farm. I think it would help society in general, and I think it would help the employment ability of young individuals in the future. But I think we're missing that. We're missing out on that because we're str- the family farm is struggling so hard right now to survive that we're losing that family farm every year. We're losing more of them. And I think in the you know this is just my opinion, which don't amount to a whole lot, I don't guess. But I really think in the future we're going to really be hurting the workforce when we lose that work ethic off the farm. Our guest today on the Farmer's Voice, Ted Johnson. I'm Alan Watts with Kentucky Farm Bureau.